Amen. Teaching others also. Good morning. Hope you're having a good start today on this Friday, January 28th. It's been a good session we've been having this week, and we're going to continue it. We're not going to rush it. We're on Fishers of Souls. We've done our introduction the first couple days, and we've been talking the last couple days about being fishers. We said we're going to try to look at fishers and fishings and fruits of fishing. Go to Ma uh, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke and Mark 1. Matthew 4 and Mark 1, please. And today we've talked about the idea of humility. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about undoing. In other words, to become a fisher of souls, there are those factors. And I don't want to take too much time to go over them. So I hope you will listen to the other ones. Uh, you you might get something out of taking this in an isolated broadcast, and I hope you do. Uh, but they have been purposely developed together to give a train of thought and a process. Today's will help you understand why that's important. Because today we're going to look at this thing, another factor in becoming a fisher of souls. And it's... One of the main factors, I laid the others out first on purpose. Today we're going to look at what Jesus said to them in the direct context when he called them to and said he would make them and they would become fishers of men, fishers of souls, okay? Now in Matthew chapter 4, of course in the beginning of that chapter, the portion of scripture, and let me point out to you, perhaps you're new to the Bible, if you're not, I would hope you don't get bored hearing some things that are true of the Bible. I don't. I, in fact, the more someone reminds me of the basics, the more I like listening to them. The basics are what make you good. Forest, not the trees. Forest, not the trees. Uh, being able to divide up a bunch of dispensations is, a, is not what makes you a good teacher and a preacher of the Bible. And I don't want to get sidetracked today because soon we're going to talk a little bit about and, and uh, teach you on some things about what it is to teach others also in this life. But I'll say this to you. If that's not one of your main goals in life, you have totally missed one of the main points of being called of God to teach and preach. If you think God called you to preach and pulpiteer, as far as I can tell in the Bible, you're wrong. Didn't mean he didn't call you. But your idea and your vision and your picture of what God called you to do is faulty. Because if you'll take the three things that were specifically given to us and specifically written to men who were called and trained by the Apostle Paul, then you'll find out that early on when you read them and start studying, you're like, uh-oh, it's not about pulpiteering, although although God's gifted many of us with speaking. Amen to that. It's not because we're innately born with it. Some people are. I was not. That was the last thing on earth I ever thought I would be doing. And I would say this to you. You're missing it if you don't understand the calling. And in many areas, circles, uh, places of influence, there's all kind of groups of Christians in the world. And if you haven't figured that out, I hope you will figure it out. There's all kinds. 
And each of them thinks maybe that they're, you know, the closest to the truth. Okay, fine. But I'm going to tell you this, after years and years of being around it, and <coughs> thankfully early on, early on, realizing the propensity for human nature to build, you know, niches and cultures, I realized early on that there had to be more to the call to preach and teach than most people are exhibiting in the ministry. And that doesn't lift me up or think I'm looking down on anybody. I'm looking horizontally here. I'm saying all of us, we better keep to what God set as the standard, not what your little cultural sets. Cultures too easily set up standards that are easy for certain people to fit into and it doesn't affect it. And you're going to see why I'm saying all this. Look with me at, at Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Now watch, please. You ready? And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, would you mark these words? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. All right, Mark chapter 1. Hang a few pages to the right. Mark chapter 1. Get, get this picture. He's walking. There he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. I don't, I don't know how much time you've spent around coastal things or bodies of water or salt or fresh water or whatever. I can literally picture the Lord Jesus Christ walking along and here's these guys and they're dealing with their nets because they're fishers. Verse 16. <clears throat> now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, the Lord Jesus, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Come ye after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. So I want to focus today on this Friday before your weekend, give you some time to make a note somewhere that you will spend some time with the Lord, okay? You will purposely set up an environment where you can slow down. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, if you listen to God, He will undo some things in your life. I promise you He will. And that will be the case till the last breath you take 90% of the time. He's not going to undo the basic doctrines and all that. But I hate to tell you, all of us tend to be idiosyncratic. You've heard of idiosyncrasies? In other words, we develop our world around us if we're not careful. Amen. So understand here that this is about fishers of souls, the core of it is Follow me, he said, come after me. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, not a follower of statements about him. Not a follower of doctrine merely. Not a follower of statements. I believe there's one book in the English language, the King James Bible. That does not give me an edge over anybody. But there's so many people that think it does. And there's so many people that that's what they measure other people by. But then they go to the next step. And they measure people by whether they believe what, what 
someone else taught about what's in that King James Bible. And pretty soon the words of man become the issue, not the words of Jesus Christ. Now, I hate to tell you, but I, I know where I will speak here, and I'm not talking about easing up on doctrines and all that stuff. I just know that human nature gets sidetracked within whatever it's working on. And I will say it a thousand times, probably till my last breath on earth, forest, not the trees. I've, I've known some very intelligent people who studied the Bible, who learned their Bible, and they, they could get all these little forests right, there's all these trees right, and they missed the whole forest, and they are so far off track, it's ridiculous. But boy, if you talk to them, they'll bring up this tree, and they'll bring up that tree, and they'll ask you about this tree and that tree, but not the forest. Why follow me, he says, and come after me? Because he is the master fisher of souls. One of the, one of, a, a very good reason, there's many, but one of the very best reasons to continually expose yourself to the Gospels, the life of Jesus Christ, and, and Paul's epistles where he quotes the Lord, and he gives us an example of someone who's met the master of the fisher of souls, who God reached down and, and as told him to be the fisher of souls to the Gentiles. One of the reasons to read the Gospels is because you, you, it changes how you think and it sets a pattern of how to deal with people. I, I'm going to give you a quick example. Go to John chapter 1. We won't get much further than that. We've got just a few minutes left. John chapter 1, please. Go to John chapter 1. He's the master fisher of souls. In Luke 5, one of our other texts for this fishers of souls, he told him, he said, fear not. Uh, he, he tells him, let down the nets. He does. They get so many fish, their boats, both boats are sinking. And Simon Peter's humbled and he falls down at his feet. And, he, and Jesus says to him, fear not from henceforth. He says, don't run away from this, Simon Peter. Don't back off. Don't fear. I'm going to show you not just how to drop that net. I'm going to show you how to be fishers of souls of men. Now, it's a lifetime study in itself. But please don't get hung up on trees. I can't tell you how many times you'll go to listen to a sermon or listen to something. And it's only two or three minutes in and you're like, this guy is so focused on this tree. The, when people walk away, they're going to miss the whole forest. Now, sometimes you preach and you accentuate a tree, but you have got to put it within the context of the forest. So you cannot take and isolate one event in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ that God chose to put in the Bible. Listen, if God wrote, if everything Lord Jesus Christ did, the book would be as big as a chest of drawers. It'd be four foot long and it'd just be massive if you could even do it. So he chose to put these in here. So they are selected and inspired and included in the Word of God. Look at John chapter 1. Just, just an example. It's a lifetime study. <clears throat> there are so many things, but reading through the Gospels, it just, you go, oh yeah, that's what the Lord Jesus was doing. Uh, there's all kind of examples going through my mind right now about 
his fishing of souls. I'm going to discipline myself, try to, to bring out this one as we go into the weekend, and then we pick it up on Monday morning, this one in John 1. Now watch, in John 1, 29, the, the, I hope the well-known verse to you, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So he's, he's done his part. He's pointing his own disciples to Jesus Christ. Verse 35, pick it up with me. Again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Doesn't say where. We do know, he said, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have, have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. We know that. We know that uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus were friends to him. He may have stayed at their house sometimes. Here's what we know. It was important for them to rub up against his actual everyday lifestyle. All right, I know. You all, some of y'all hate that word. The, the biblical King James word is conversation. Conversation is not just a talk. Conversation is your life. What your life is. And I would say this. Can your life be safely followed? All of it? Far too many Christians and far too many Christian leaders have compartmentalized life. They have little compartments that people get to see. Now, now, here's the thing. Far too many are also blatantly, blatantly contradictory in their lives, and they don't make any bones about it. And if they can get away with, say, we'll say in the ministry, preaching, and they get some results, and they get the meetings, or they're pastoring a church, or whatever, if they can get away with it, they think carnality in their conversation, in their life, in their practices, in their entertainment... It's okay, but it's not. And the one area that it will definitely hinder is fishing for souls. We need to follow Jesus Christ, not just claim Him, not use Him, not refer to Him, not give impressions, not know about Him, know Him. And you know that was the Apostle Paul's great desire was to know Him. So I would say on this weekend, Think about it. Do you want to be a fisher of souls? You've got to learn from the master fisher of souls, the Lord Jesus Christ. See you Monday.